You're listening to Frontlines, a podcast for the people that truly make mountain biking happen. Not the riders, racers, or product designers, but the builders, advocates, and the often forgotten board members of your local mountain bike trail association. As the final episode before we take a summer break, I'm really excited to bring you this conversation. I've always been a supporter of science and the pursuit of knowledge, understanding that there's a process to everything. I've mentioned it in the past that it would seem we're living in a world in which science is no longer fact, but perceived as an opinion. And although it's alarming, I'm still hopeful that recent ignorance is simply temporary. The world is round, vaccines work, we're in a climate crisis, and all users have an impact on the trails, equestrian, hiker, and mountain bikers. Science proves this. But the science can also reveal to us how we can be better. And that's what today's conversation is on. I'm your host, Brent Hillier, and this is episode 66 of Frontlines. I'm joined by two guests from the Mountain Bikers of Santa Cruz. First, the executive director, Matt DeYoung, and second, Emma Kelsey. She's the science committee chair. Hi, you two. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks, Brent. Glad to be here. Yeah. So recently, the Mountain Bikers of Santa Cruz released a mountain biking impact review. And uh, when did this come out and, and what was the reason for creating it? Yeah, so we released it uh, in May. It came about because we've been involved in all of these public planning processes where you know we heard a lot about how great mountain biking was from, you know, supporters and also about how terrible mountain biking was from uh, people who were skeptics or detractors from what we were trying to do, which was improve trail access and create some new opportunities. So, you know, through the years, we heard this over and over again, all the, the same kind of things about how much environmental degradation mountain bikers cost and all the social issues. So we, we kind of felt that we needed to be the experts in the field. You know, one of our board members really got, got down to the, hey, we should form a science committee and try to better answer these questions. So that that kind of spurned the creation of this committee and the kickoff of this literature review. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. It's not something that I've uh, heard of any other trail organizations doing. I'm, I, potentially, there's, there's some other ones out there that have done this, but none that I've ever heard of. We've seen studies come out in the past and, uh, about the impacts of, of mountain biking, but to kind of collect and gather them all together, that's not something that I'm familiar with. The goal with a lot of these studies has always been to, to prove that mountain bikers have no more impact on the trail than, than other users. And your review kind of certainly looks at, at those studies, but you also look at, at how we as mountain bikers can, can further reduce our impact, which I think is, is a uh, really helpful information. What are the big takeaways that, that you found or some of the big takeaways that you found? Yeah, so we kind of um, were able to distill our results down into five major takeaways of what we we found to be the the important things that we found in, in the literature we we looked at. Um, and first off, was that properly built and well maintained trails really show no measurable difference in the impact between different trail users. So just coming back to good trail building and maintenance and good choice of, of where to put trails is was key to um, minimizing environmental impact. 
And then secondly, kind of to the, the opposite of that is user created trails because they didn't undergo environmental review or trail design have greater environmental impact. And that is both by, you know, kind of one of the main ways a lot of people envision a poorly built trail is it causing a lot of re- erosion, you know, falling fall lines. Um, that definitely, there is studies that supported that as well as worse environmental impacts through, you know, kind of trails being put through sensitive habitats or trails being put in a way that they actually, you know, the users of the trails can increase the spread of invasive species. So a good number of studies supporting this idea that user-created trails are worse for the environment. The third kind of take-home we had was that there was no overwhelming evidence that certain trail users are have bigger greater impacts on wildlife than other trail users. So overall, um, hikers and mountain bikers and horses potentially have the same impact on wildlife, but just being out on the trails, being, being in those habitats. But that um, the effects on different types of wildlife was really variable between different users, user groups. Um, and that, that was really interesting, kind of like the nuance of how specific species are affected by different trail users. So, for example, there's a study in, in Idaho that showed bald eagles more fa- commonly flushed or flew away from a trail that when, when hikers went by, but they, the bald eagles were disturbed farther when mountain bikers went by. So just that there is nuance between um, kind of the impacts of different, of different trail users. And kind of along that, another takeaway is just that by being out on trails, we're having an impact on the environment. And as trail users, we all need to acknowledge that. And lastly, that we just found there was a lot of gaps in the literature um, that, you know, would be beneficial to fill. So as with a, a lot of scientific work, the more you try to figure out, the more questions you create and then want answers for them as well. <laughs> yeah. And that takes me to, to, to one of my questions, which is, what do we know the, the least about when it comes to our, our impacts? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. One uh, one thing that we kept on coming back to was carrying capacity. And that's something that I know Matt hears a lot about, you know, when doing trail advocacy and, and outreach and promote trying to promote new trails is how, how many trails is too many or how many, you know, kind of what can an environment withstand? Another gap in, in the literature that, that we also think would be interesting and, and there's the potential for if you, you know, with the right amount of, foresight is being able to study um, impacts of a trail from before there is even a trail, you know, kind of from in its inception or before getting down to kind of what is the impact of trails in general. That is harder to understand because most of these studies, if not all are done on trails that already exist. Now, uh, you know, I think it's, we know that all users are, are, are going to have, impact on on trails did you find a lot of material that kind of ranked this usage like you know can we go down the list and be like well this user group is more more damaging to trails than this user group or that user group like were there any kind of differences in in user types that really screamed out at you yeah i think what we found most interesting is that it depended on what what the study was focusing on 
you, you know, kind of going back to the wildlife example, like mountain bikers going fast had a bigger impact on bighorn sheep or hikers would have a bigger impact on certain types of songbirds because they're going slower and potentially talking more. That That's kind of what jumped out at us is it was, the answer was always, it depends. As far as kind of the more hydro, like hydrological or geological effects, that that's really when it came down to trail construction being um, the most important factor um, that kind of led to whether, whether specifically mountain biking was causing harm on a trail. Um, and that, but a lot of studies in that realm did find that like horses kind of had the biggest impact on trails as far as if they're multi-use. What did you find concerning the, the social impacts of trail users? Yeah, I mean, that was that was a really interesting realm and, and none of the us on the science committee are were are social scientists. So that was um you were all, you know, either biologists or geologists. And so that was kind of a new realm of literature research for us. But uh, you know, most of the studies that we did find were on conflict between different trail users. So, you know, perceived or real conflict between um, hikers and mountain bikers, and some of the some some of the results were really interesting. So, um, in one study, hikers had a worse perceived view of um, mountain bikers and mountain bikers did of hikers, and then of the hikers, the ones that showed the most concern or you know the most potential conflict with mountain bikers did not regularly interact with mountain bikers. And so that was a really interesting result. And, and we found that to be a pretty, um, pretty powerful data point when you're talking about kind of like, how do we go about trying to change perceptions? Yeah, what kind of jumps out at me there is, you know, there is this belief or, or some communities really grasp on to making sure that true multi-use network are, are single-use trails for each user and, and maybe even directional as well. So uphill riders are separated from downhill riders, but hikers are separated from from bikers and equestrians are separated from bikers and hikers as well. But if you were to separate all of those users, they wouldn't interact as much together. And perhaps that perceived conflict might actually increase is kind of what I'm, I'm hearing from this. Yeah, that was kind of what I, we, one thing that we discussed after, after reading those results too. Now, as far as who is making up this committee, how many are on it? What are their backgrounds? Yeah. So currently I think we have six active members. It has ebbed and flowed and kind of we're all, you know, have scientific backgrounds of some capacity. Um, For example, I'm a wildlife biologist, but I actually, all my current research is in the marine realm. So I, you know, I didn't really think I brought much to the table, but it, it just kind of came down to us all, you know, having the scientific background and the interest in science communication and the passion for kind of conserving the places that we like to be and we like to study. And then kind of what brought us all to this table was a love for mountain biking, although that clearly wasn't a, a mandatory part of it. But it, it what has been an interesting spurt, like interesting conversation as a, like among the committee is, okay, so we're trying to just present scientific results, which we want to kind of be, you know, perceived as, as non-biased, but at the same time, we're not going to hide the fact that 
were mountain bikers and, 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 you know, we also love, you know, most of us hike and, you know, trail run and all those things too, but um, kind of just trying to be objective, but also be like honest with kind of where we're at. I think a lot of organizations are are very grateful when they have uh, one, what I like to affectionately refer to as an ologist, whatever type of scientist it might be, when they have one of them within their community that is engaged and involved with their, their local trail association. I, I think it's pretty amazing that there's six of you that are involved in this this project and, and, and to have that, that kind of privilege, was it something that like, how do you attract, how did you attract these people with the organization? Were, were they all kind of from the organization originally? Were they potentially board members that kind of put up their hand and said, I'm going to sit on this committee as well? Or like, how do you, how do you get six scientists to, to kind of help with this project? Yeah. And we're super grateful for this group. And uh, we had people come come out of the woodwork in kind of a variety of ways. A lot of people were already in, engaged with mountain bikers in Santa Cruz just as volunteers doing trail work. I think most of the committee was already involved with with MBOSC coming out to our, our dig days and our events and whatnot. So we were able to recruit a lot of people from there. But then we also um, had people join from farther afield from around the, the, around the Bay Area and what next people got wind of what we were doing, got really excited about it. So we had a uh, we had people kind of come from all over. You know, we're we're fortunate here that we're in a university town. We have, you know, the USGS, the US Geological Surveys here. We've got all kinds of different research institutions. So we have a wealth of of talent to pull from, luckily. And some of our staff actually have a uh, our trails program director is actually a forest hydrologist by by training. So he's able to contribute and his wife's a geologist. We just have this amazing network of people who are really able to, to lean into this project. Yeah, definitely a very, very lucky community to kind of have this. And I'm, and I'm very grateful that you've done it in a way that all of us can take advantage of it. So, you know, for those of us that, that don't have the resources, and I think of, uh, you know, hundreds of trail associations that are out there that are, are lucky to even just have six involved people on their, their board of, <laughs> of directors, but they're able to benefit from this, which is, which is really great. Like you've put this online, it's out there. Uh, it, it's, it's great to kind of, for other people to be able to take advantage of it. Can you speak to the, the specific process of starting this, uh, this document, starting this review and, and how it, it all kind of came together? Yeah. So, um, when the former science committee chair, um, and board member Megan Hayes first put out the call for any, anyone interested in being part of the Mountain Bikers of Santa Cruz Science Committee, you know, you know, a group of us showed up. And at that time, it was, you know, we just kind of were talking about, like, as Matt highlighted this, this desire to kind of have the facts, be armed with the facts when talking with people about, about mountain biking. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't start with any great vision. We just kind of saw this, saw this area of need. And we just started searching for literature on trail use impacts and mountain bike impacts and started diving into all the literature we could get our hands on. And, and um, quickly we started to see kind of different themes within the literature or uh, areas of study. So the hydrological and geological aspect of the physical trail, the effects of the trail and the trail users on wildlife, wildlife and plants, 
And then the social science, so kind of how trail users interact with each other. And so we kind of started breaking our literature searches and our and our um, kind of how we were talking about it into those three categories. And then once we felt like we had kind of looked through all the literature that we could, we we wanted to break it down into a way that gives something pretty fairly digestible to Matt or to whoever to take with them to, um, to advocacy conversations or something like that. And, and so we kind of started to kind of summarize our take home points and put those into a document. And as it was coming together, we realized that it could be useful for more than just our own internal organization. And so that's when we kind of started to think of, okay, like how would we present this to to the public. And we, you know, we, we um, kind of tried to find this balance between, you know, not using jargon and big scientific words that people aren't going to understand, but also not shying away from the details. So it is, it's a dense document. Um, You know, it takes time to read, but we do for people who are interested, you know, if they wanted to sit down and and, um, take the time, we want it to be understandable to, people regardless of their scientific background. This isn't done either. And this is a, a work in progress. So how can people stay up to date with any updates to this this review? Yeah, so it's it's posted on our website, mbosc.org. And you can navigate to the uh, FAQ there. And uh, you can submit questions through the through that site. So we're continuously monitoring that and you know answering questions. People are sending us more literature. So the committee is actively working to take in new information. We're also looking at like economics of mountain biking is it hopefully another section will add to it. So the goal is to just kind of keep pulling in the knowledge. Like we don't think this is an exhaustive document by any means. And we, we would hope that other people who are reading this will be able to, you know, spot some gaps and reach out to us and let us know what we missed. Now, what's the reception been like to this document, um, either locally or, or even beyond? It's been overwhelmingly positive, I'd say. You know, I think like like you mentioned, Brentley, you hadn't seen this before anywhere else, and neither had we, and neither had anyone else. Like, no one there hadn't really been a literature view available to the public on this specific subject of trail user impacts. So we we've heard great response from the mountain bike community, the advocacy world, from our partners, different land trusts. Uh, and even from our the, the agencies we partner with, they've all been really excited to see it as well. So California State Parks, the the foresters we work with here, the Water Department, Parks and Recreation. I think everyone's really appreciated having something that you know. What, we'll see how it gets utilized. I think you know the our partners, different land managers, hear, hear the same things. And for them to have some more background, like hey, here's here's what the science says. I think it's really helpful for just kind of getting getting down to brass tacks on these conversations rather than getting stuck in the weeds about people's emotional reactions to to mountain biking and whatnot. I think it's it's a great tool for just backing up to have a higher level discussion about it. Yeah. And then as Matt said, we've gotten some, you know, constructive feedback on like, hey, there's this paper or like, you know, maybe I think the way you like summed this part up was misleading. Um, and that's all great too. That's just making it a better document for everyone. So awesome. Yeah. It's been, it's been really good. 
Uh, now the mountain bikers of Santa Cruz launched their, their 2025 vision. I think it was either last year, or maybe a couple of years ago. How much did this review relate to that 2025 vision? When we did that vision, that strategic plan, I don't think this was something we're necessarily thinking about, but it kind of speaks to a general evolution in our, in our thinking that I really want to touch on too. And I'm going to tie this back more to the, the, the document. Like, you know, when we, we started producing this document, it was really about, Hey, we want to identify the impacts of mountain biking and tell the story that mountain bikes, you know, are not as uh, nefarious as made out to be, but through going through the process and actually through a podcast that you put out about this kind of eco versus ego centric recreation, we, we kind of started changing our thinking a bit and we really wanted this to be a tool for mountain bikers to think about, Hey, well, what is my impact? How do I interact with, with the environment? So we've kind of going through this transformation, you know, a major facet of our organization is that we're trying to transform trail users into trail stewards. And I think this is a great tool for, for, for doing that. Hey, what, how are we interacting with our environment? And we want people to be thinking about that. Like not what are they doing to the environment? Like well, I'm going to go out and shred a trail. Hey, but how am I interacting with, with the, the natural world? So I think this, this has kind of been a, a major kind of tenet of our shift on, on that and that spectrum there. So it's kind of a roundabout way to, to answer your question maybe or not answer it, but um, (laughs) we're going through this, yeah, kind of transformation, you know, trying to take the focus just away from mountain biking to, Hey, we're part of a larger trail user community and a larger environmental community as well. Yeah. Yeah, it really speaks to the increasing capacity that your organization has, which is which is great, and not just using that capacity in internally and for your own community, but but making sure that things are transferable and, and helps others, which is which is great. And that's what I really like to see from organizations that are that are really strong and are doing really well and are getting that capacity where they're able to kind of focus on on more than just the day to day. Uh, maintenance or the day-to-day saving of, of trails, which is wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, tying back to that, that vision, you know, to, for us to accomplish what we're trying to do, which is really to create a more connected, more diverse trail network. We need uh, the mountain bike community to, to grow up a little bit. You know, we've got this underground mountain biking culture here in Santa Cruz that developed for a number of reasons, like mainly mountain bikes can be kicked off of California State Parks trail several decades ago, which kind of put people underground. But we've had this huge shift of mountain biking from being like a counterculture sport to now it's mainstream. So we're having to, you know, we're we're trying to lead the way for us to be responsible trail users and be participatory and yeah, collaborative really. Science Committee is reachable at science at mbosc.org. We're on social media too, uh, Instagram and, and Facebook as well. Awesome. Well, I'll be sure to include those links in the, the show notes. And, and thank you, you two, for taking the time to chat with me. I think this is great. I think, uh, I think all of us have some homework for the summer to, to go over this document and, and read through it and, and kind of digest some of it as well. Um, and, and thank you for, uh, for putting the, the work into this. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. I'm going to quote one of my favorite bits of that conversation. It's from Matt. Quote, we're trying to transform trail users into trail stewards. End quote. I really like that sentiment. 
Now, as mentioned, you can take a look at the Mountain Bikers of Santa Cruz Mountain Bike Impact Review. There's a link in the show notes. My plan is to read it over the summer and do a deep dive into it. Now, perhaps one of our first episodes back in September could be a roundtable on the topic. Now, on the topic of what's to come, personally, I've been in a state of flux and housing has been a big challenge for my family and I. For those that aren't aware, Vancouver has a bit of a housing shortage and the desire to spend more time with my family, I've been assessing my priorities when it comes to work. I've reeled back on some of my responsibilities as trail builder. I'm scaling back some of the additional work that I take on. And when it comes to this podcast, I need to be honest with how sustainable it is. With the support of so many listeners, I'm able to keep this project in the black, but by no means is it profitable financially. But I do enjoy it. Just today, I had an opportunity to have lunch with Ben from the Churchill Fellowship. He was visiting from Adelaide, Australia, and it was a great reminder of the importance of this podcast. Ben, if you're listening, thanks so much for a great conversation today. It was awesome. That said, I need to do what's right for my family. And over the summer, I'll be thinking long and hard about the future of this show and what that could look like. No options are off the table. So that could mean just simply ending this podcast, but it also includes potentially reducing the frequency of episodes or shortening my seasons. Your feedback is welcome. Your support is needed. So you can donate to the show like always via PayPal. And you can find a link in the show notes, along with a link to the Frontline's MTB Book Club, where a portion of any purchases made on Amazon after going to that link will go to the podcast. Like always, you can find the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FrontlinesMTB. You can also join the Facebook group at Advocates on the Frontlines of MTB. You can send me an email or audio file to info at FrontlinesMTB.com. You can stream the show on Mountain Bike Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you haven't done so already, leave a review on wherever you get the show. It helps others find the podcast. Music, as always, is by Lee Rosevere. Production notes by Jennifer Pride. Artwork is created by Brandon Gallagher-Watson and BGW Creative. And a big thanks to Ben Walnuck and the team at Mountain Bike Radio for their continued support. And finally, I'm Brent Hillier. This is Frontlines. Thanks for listening. Happy summer.